Introducing Face to Face with Success, a series of bite-sized interviews with interesting South Africans. Has earned a reputation as one of the best criminal and divorce lawyers in the country. When high flying couples no longer say I do, they turn to him. I sat down with him for this week's edition of Face to Face with Success. Billy Gunderfinger is a very busy man. He's always zipping around the country to handle a matter, to use the legal term he uses to describe a court case. After much haggling, I managed to track him down to his local gym, where he swims early in the morning three times a week. When you swim, you're on your own, and nobody can disturb you. And it's just you and your thoughts, and it just, I enjoy it. You know, I swim three times a week, and I a kilometer at a time. I just find it... Overall, it's, 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 it's low impact on, all you, on your body. It's very good for your breathing. And you just have a general sense of well-being. I confess to stifling laughter when he first mentions that he likes to swim. Don't all sharks, I wondered. But that's just a stereotype used to describe lawyers. Because Gundelfinger is anything but. He's warm, effusive and voluble. He's tall and lean with a distinct mop of hair. He emerges from the change room in a beautifully tailored grey suit and scarf. He carries an elegant navy coat to ward off the Johannesburg winter chill. Billy attributes much of his success to his giving nature. When I started my practice, I was brought up in Judge Richard Goldstone's home. Well, you know, his parents and my parents were... Very close. I mean, you know, we didn't have family, but they were our family. I, I was immediately interested in what he was doing. He was the um, president of ORT, which was the Organization for Rehabilitation and Training. As soon as I started my practice, I became involved with ORT and seeing what they were doing. And um, yeah, I was involved for many years with ORT. I was the chairman of the Bursary Trust. I was on national executive. And I realized how important, even if you don't have money yourself, life is about a yin and yang, you know. And, and, and what I learned and what I enjoyed was, in those days, I, I, didn't, I wasn't that busy anyway, so it didn't really matter. But over the years, as I became busier, I always understood that it's very important to be public-spirited. And it's, for me, the most important thing is to be constantly giving back and imparting your experiences, your knowledge and your expertise. Gandalfinger is the son of Holocaust survivors. This entrenched his belief in the fight against any form of injustice. They were poor and grew up in what was seen as the shabbier part of Johannesburg, Bertrams. This, he says, motivated him to succeed. I started working from when I was 12 years old in bottle stores and clothing stores. I went to Damlin College essentially because um, I was at Athlone Boys High. After a, um, a rugby practice, I noticed some of the teachers celebrating. I inquired from them what they were celebrating and they said, well, we had six university passes this year. And I said, but that's terrible. They said, yes, but last year we only had four. <laughs> and I thought, I've got, to, you know, I've got to leave Athlone. 
because I've got to get to university. And I went to Damlin College. And in order to be there, I used to sell pottery in the afternoon to florists because, you know, my, my parents were, my father was a country traveler and my mother was a milliner, made hats yes. from home. Yeah, when I was in Standard 9, two of the subjects that I excelled in was mercantile law, which I really enjoyed. My teacher was a Mr. Conway <laughs> and uh, always reminded me of James Bond and commerce. And um, I, just, I just knew from Standard 9 that that was where I wanted to go to. I started, well, you know, how did I get into criminal law? It was completely fortuitous. I studied part-time um, at WITS. And um, in, if you studied part-time, you had to do what was called five years of articles. And uh, meaning that you had to work for a firm of attorney as a candidate attorney. And I'd finished everything, my, my studies, I'd passed the board exam, and you could apply for a certificate to appear in court and defend cases, even before you were admitted as an attorney, which, which I did. And I was speaking to this friend of mine who'd obtained this job in Springs at a big firm, and he was running the collection department, and he was telling me that they had a big criminal practice. And that they were bringing advocates from Johannesburg every day and from Pretoria. And I worked out the numbers and I said, listen, get me an interview with your boss. And I went to go and see him and I showed him that I could, if he employed me, and I wasn't, I wasn't even a qualified lawyer yet, but I had the right of appearance. And I, I demonstrated to him that if he employed me, I would save him huge money. Yeah. And I hadn't done a criminal case yet. So, incredible. so I gave him a figure that I wanted a salary a month, which was outrageous because <laughs> my, I was earning the same as my father. <laughs> wow. And I was 22 years old. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know, when I think back now, how did I get involved in criminal law? It's an interesting question you asked me because had my friend said to me, you know, they're bringing in advocates for motor vehicle insurance cases. I would have gone there, gone there. <laughs> and said, um, this is how much money you can save. And it was completely incredible because I started, he gave me a driver and I used to do the whole of the East Rand, Joburg, Randburg. And I used to just get all my clients acquitted. <laughs> and it was, it was magical. And I realized that I had an ability to see that gap or to understand the cut through the, through the fields, as it were. His start in law coincided with the 1976 Soweto uprisings. He becomes emotional as he reminisces. I think a great moment for me was in 1976 in the Soweto riots. I used to go in and defend these guys. And when I was successful, I felt and I realized that I had something, particularly in criminal law, is when I used to get these guys off and the police used to refuse to escort me in and out, out of Soweto and actually um, throw rocks at my car. Then I felt 
I've got something. Since those early days, he's built a firm reputation as the go-to guy when people are in trouble with the law or want to break marital ties. This is his advice to those who want to follow in his footsteps. I think um, success is being able to balance and define the moment in terms of knowing and understanding when you should pull the trigger, as it were. You know? So it's not always about winning. It's about succeeding in the best possible way, in my view, for your client. Um, and that might be achieving a settlement, a good settlement, as opposed to winning the case and being successful. To me, they, they equate to the same thing. You know, I think that the most important thing is being successful is not just what you've got, it's what you give. And the giving is not just in the financial giving. The giving should be of your time as well and sharing your expertise. That's it for this week's edition of Face to Face with Success. Do join us again next time. I'm Nikki Webikicha.